Welcome back to the ATI Podcast. We've got a special edition for episode 81 with a special collab. we got Ridge Jackson from Waxing On. Hello. And our special guest here, Mr. Zach Beery, the man of the hour, representative of Enemy Airship. How are we doing, sir? I'm doing all right. Very happy to have you, sir. Good friend of ours, Zach, but we're, I would say, as equally as big a fans of your band, Enemy Airship. Very much so. And, uh... Have always enjoyed everything that you guys do, but I will just get things started off with a nice hot take, and I think you guys are leveling up in a big way with this new album. Thank you. It feels better than anything we've done so far. So, I mean, it, at least production-wise for me, I think it's. I didn't really feel like I knew what I was doing until about during the last like twenty-five percent of working on the record. <laughs> uh, I think that that's how I will always feel about everything. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really proud of it. It's been a thing that we've been working on for so long and a lot of that there's a lot of fear that like is not going to be worth it and i would say that no record is worth like the insane amount of time that it took it's it's not worth it but it's uh it turned out as good or better than i thought it would so I, i'll take the, i'll take the win <laughs> take and, the and then take my life back and then yeah. <laughs> spend 20 hours a week playing diablo for the next three months yeah yeah Hell yeah so i was actually curious out of like writing recording and then producing it how long do you rough estimate how long was it i mean it's, it was a while wasn't it yeah it depends well it depends on what iteration of it because mm. some of these songs we recorded and re-recorded and re-recorded and re-recorded and True. there are versions of some of these songs that are like seven or eight years old some of these songs like we started for the first ep when ben was in the band and then we tried to record them for the second one and it just like didn't go right mm. and then we recorded everything and there was like a whole version of the album we were like, at one point we were like, oh, it just needs to be mastered. And we had like yeah. given it to some people, someone in, I think it was the Tribune interviewed us about this album that just like never came out. And some of those songs were <laughs> on this and some were just shelved forever. So I, I mean, it's been a thing that's been in progress for a very, very long time. And in all of that time, while we've had this thing sort of like, we can't move, we can't start recording another thing until we finish some of this stuff. Although maybe we fucking should have, uh, <laughs> maybe we should have just cut our losses and moved on. But uh, I, I mean, I'm glad we didn't, but in, in the time that we were working on that, we've like, we've written probably like two or three albums worth of stuff. That is, I mean, from my point of view, like the songwriting and our parts are better for the things that are coming than the stuff on the record. Although I, I am very proud of that stuff. So like the next thing that we're going to do is we've got one song that we're just going to release as a, a single once we record it. And then we've got a six song EP. And then we have like a list of about 20 songs that we need to either thin out or like divvy up yeah. and figure out how we're going to record it. I think one of the things too is like, I think I say this every time that I put myself through this stuff is like, I 
don't want to do this by myself next time. I think yeah. mm-hmm. probably at least want to not record. I don't have a place to record drums right now. We did it at mine and Logan's old house in Columbia and fought like low ceilings and had, I had just had to spend so much time like fixing sound issues, like technical issues. And um, I would rather just record the drums in a real studio and right. maybe mix it ourselves, but also maybe like, just find someone who can deal with my my penchant for certain how things. overbearing I can be <laughs> with the, you know just like the kind of control freak that I am. I think that I could probably like temper that and just work with someone just to get like technical things right, right. Um, and have like sort of like the subjective mixed decisions. You know, I can yeah. just kind of dictate them, but. I don't know. We'll see. It, it also is like a money thing. I, I'm broke as shit. Sure. Michael and Logan yeah. are broke as shit. So like some of all of this, well, some of this was necessity that we did it ourselves because we just don't, we don't have like, yeah, we don't know. We're not on a label. We don't have uh, rich parents, I guess, you know, sure. <laughs> there's no, there's no like money coming in right. for being a, you know, regional band for us anyway. So, um, right. But I think we could probably, like, I don't know, sell something, sell some <laughs> organs or musical equipment or something. 20 grand a testicle uh, right here. Just to, just to get some drugs. <laughs> I mean, I'm not using mine, so. Yeah, I I'm like, I want a vasectomy as fast as possible, but it's I mean, not money for it. That for might real. Be, yeah. Maybe Same. A, might be an alternative. Just get paid to get a nut up. <laughs> and I think I, I literally think that they will actually put a falsy in there for you too. It's no no additional charge. I don't even need that. I mean, but so I wait, don't know. It might be like are you a saying like a balance? Are you, you saying know? like yeah. they'll pay you to take one? Like, they is there will, a waiting list? I don't know if there's a waiting list. I haven't gotten that far through it, but uh, I know a few years back I was informed it was twenty grand a testicle, and I was like, damn, I really thought about it then. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, they'll even. Put I it would on love there. to pay my student loans off and you know, not have to worry about that ever again. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. It'd be pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, the sad thing is like I could sell them both and I, my, I would still have student loans. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And medical debt and every other thing. Yeah, thanks. I, thanks uncle Sam. 100% understand that. <laughs> Polite.
detailed the fact that you know that's a lot for one person to take on their shoulders and again some of these songs are songs that you've had in the past so maybe there was a shorthand when it came to maybe approaching some of those songs or what what really fascinated me though is what what songs on this album are older songs for those who might be interested yeah so it's been kind of magnetic light was a song that was okay so it's like a ship of theseus type of thing because Magnetic Light in the form that it is now. I mean, the lyrics have been revised a lot. Parts mm-hmm. have been added and taken mm-hmm. out. There was one, like the very earliest version of the song. I think there's like a YouTube clip of it somewhere, but it's like 16th note hi-hats. It's very like busy, frantic sounding. Yeah, um, I remember that. Shane from uh, from Blythe uh, calls them Canadian hi-hats where you play 16th notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, it was like Canadian hi-hats and, and, uh, a very different song. It's cool, cool in its way, but I mean that was as far back as when Ben was in the band in the first couple of years of it. Little Cable Boy, we recorded like we started recording that before we started recording anything from the last EP that we put out in like 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, Smithereens. Yeah, and uh, let's see. Well, Fever Trippin' 2 is a kind of a rehash or a playoff well, of I mean, song of yours, right? The the name is like a reference to it yeah. um, because like the song doesn't share any any musical DNA with it, really, besides that it's in the same key, I guess. Well, no, that's not even true. Is it? Hmm. It's in the same tuning, but there's a capo. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably not. But <laughs> not anything like it at all. Sure, but whenever we were like writing it, <laughs> I was trying to like come up with words, and like the that kind of got in there in the end part. But that's also been like several it, because it's a medley. It was like several like song ideas that were full song ideas, yeah. and we're like, this is this like wears out its welcome in a way that like we don't want to throw this away, but let's do something different. And so like, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of songs on this record that are like just these almost like I I don't not at all on the same level as Paul McCartney, but like, (laughs) like Paul McCartney style medleys, which I imagine was probably like a similar thing where he's just like, I've got this song idea. I don't want to finish this song idea. So let's just like uh, abruptly change to this next thing. That's sort of uh, got some connective tissue. So we do that on like a lot of songs on this record. We have these sort of like, you know, distinct sections of the song that don't sound anything like right. the other sections. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So some of the parts of that are, are very, very old and some of them are newer. Uh, I don't know if I answered your question or just rambled through that. <laughs> I just like drank a couple Red Bulls on the way here. Uh, so I'm like, it was a highly intense situation. Very you know, conversation amongst friends. <laughs> yeah. Speaking on Fever Tripping 2, that 
track instantly when I, the first time I heard it, I was just like, God damn it, Zach. (laughs) This, I love this riff and I'm very jealous that I didn't like come up with it myself. It is one of the catchiest riffs. And then it just like goes into this just amazing, amazing song. Thank you. I love it. Like everything in that album from front to back, you did a fantastic job of like melding everything together without it anything being out of place or anything like that like it, yeah. it's very smooth every transition is great thank you yeah it's kind of interesting too kind of like tempo wise <clears throat> with the album too so you start off with perhaps like your probably fastest tempo song with the first track godspeed equals lightspeed right mm-hmm. yeah and uh and then second you go into one of your two i would consider slow songs on the album right away yeah. so and that that one's starting to get more play. It seems like across streaming platforms than your other songs. That one's now. doing better than any of them on the yeah, well, really. besides the singles. Like sure, play, but they've had plays time wise, on their side. right, right. P- plays wise, that one is doing the best out of all of them, which is weird. And also, there was a different order. Like I had sequenced these songs in a, a completely different way, and I like shared it with my friend Jim and. Um, shared it with Michael and Logan. We kind of discussed like, what do we want to do with this? Is this right? Does this seem right? And then I was thinking like, I kind of, the the song that's getting the best reaction from like the couple of people that I've showed this to, I want to put that first, yeah. but but it has to go into Saw Long because the, this it, it was actually supposed to be one song and we used to play it as like one thing because one mm-hmm. transitions into the other. Mm-hmm. So they have to, one has to follow the other, but I didn't want to have that be the second track on the album because that's, I mean, maybe this is like a, a very antiquated way of looking at it, but like the second song is supposed to be your lead single. Um, it's supposed to be like right. where the album really starts. And um, yeah. I didn't want it to be the slowest, like the the, the dirge, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's kind of what I was pointing out. It was kind of went yeah. against those traditions. I just, I guess my hope, and it's hard for me to tell because like I've heard these songs so much that it just sounds like. Right. So it kind of becomes yeah. desensitized. My hope is that it doesn't completely like destroy any momentum. It doesn't. Or like make you no, think like, okay, how, oh my God, we're two songs in. Wrap it up. But um, yeah, like I was, I was surprised to hear that tempo change initially, like right out the gate though. But then you kind of, you build it back up. You know, and then it goes mm-hmm. into I'm Shaking Off a Dream, and um, which that was kind of the mm-hmm. next single that you released right before you released the full album mm-hmm. uh, with the video. Did, now, let's talk about that video real quick. Yeah. Did you guys have a friend do that video for you yeah, guys? Yeah, our friend Madeline made it um, with archival footage. And yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. She did a fucking amazing job with that. <laughs> yeah, um, it's almost got kind of a Super 8 feel to it, like in parts, you know. Well, like, and that, that's that, our, ca- our cable footage. I forget. Image. It starts with a P. It's like, I, I don't want to <laughs> screw up saying the name because in my head, it's like, I'm thinking pretzels. It's something that sounds like pretzel. It's like an archive of um, sort of copyleft, free, fair use, like archival footage. Right. And so, yeah, you can just go in there and get whatever. Kind of like and like, she's always been just an, an incredible like editor too. And so just like the, the sequencing of footage and stuff in there, I, I thought was really great. Um, yeah. I, I didn't, I guess like Michael reached out to her and asked her about that. And I had kind of just... Forgotten about, forgotten about it or i he he kind of was not didn't like update me until like right before we got it back and it was like oh shit it's like kind of surprised me 
Um, but it's probably better off that way though too because yeah. I would be yeah. kind of like uh, waiting, you know, <laughs> yeah, intense. Especially the way that I I've I tend to be like, oh, it, it's I got to reach out to her and tell her it's got to be this or that. And it's like <laughs> I need to just you know stay in my lane because yeah I would have not gone and like I wouldn't have thought to go in that direction. But it, what she did is awesome and better than what I would have come up with. So yeah, um, yeah. that was kind of like a. A, a scary realization right before we were going to release it or right before it was going to come out is like, what are we going to, you, you can't just, you can just go on social media and put a picture of something up. It, it, right. If you want to, if you don't have people doing this stuff for you, if you don't have like any kind of uh, like promotion engine behind your band and you have to, you know, it's up to the band to do it themselves. You have to think about, how it, are people going to see this? Right. And like Facebook and Instagram want to show people videos more than they want to show people right. static posts. So like mm -hmm. we have to have video content to go with the album. And then we start to get into this situation where you're thinking about these sort of like greasy to me, greasy things like uh, the algorithm and engagement. And I've got to maximize, right, right, maximize right. conversion. Right. And it's like, I don't want to think about any of this shit. I don't want no. to be involved in this at all. Um, right. But, you know, you can choose not to, and no one will hear us besides our friends and family, or you can choose to do it and try to do it in a way that's, you know, I guess <laughs> as, like, not annoying as you can be doing it because it's always going to be a little annoying. Um, but But at the end, too, like, right before it came out, I was thinking, like, we don't have any of this stuff and like i i kind of was talking to michael and logan like what do we do like, I, I don't want to do this <laughs> yeah. shit i'm so tired uh, i don't want to ask someone to do it but our friend tony like did some stuff for us and he did a great job with that too and i you know, very cool i feel like there's been a, like a little bit of a theme to where when i don't allow myself to just be like oh we'll take care of it like you know if whenever we like reach out for help it, you know i've been absolutely fucking burned in the past asking for help or just like sure you know you just just you, you develop know. a ptsd on account well, of that, but so. also just to be like let down but by, by the the help that you get back is like half-hearted or just like doesn't materialize yeah. but it's you can't let that like ruin you to asking for help because like doing it I've talked about this with you uh you know there's sort of this I think it comes from like this early 2000s like blog music sort of mentality of like oh just go it alone you don't need a label you don't need help and you can do it all yourself and the right. internet is this democratizing force uh, or this this democratizing thing and you know do being like completely vertically integrated with every single part of being in a band is the way to go. And there's, it's actually noble and it's good to do it is just absolute horseshit. And you know, maybe it was true for about five of those 10 years right, of that decade, right. yeah. but then changed quick, but then like all of these sort of parasitic things grew on top of, of, of doing it yourself. Yeah. And it made it just as, bleak of a, a a path as signing like signing the right like sign, giving your masters to a label mm -hmm. um and i just think that it is a good way to burn yourself out and 
make it not fun and like ruin it for yourself. And so like, I just, some parts of it are admirable, but like at this point I'm just fucking over it. Like I don't, I don't want to do, (laughs) I don't want to do all this shit myself. I like writing music. Like I love writing music that my favorite part of it. I do enjoy playing. My favorite part of it is writing and like writing with Michael and Logan, especially is like, I'm so blessed uh, to, to play with two people that like were on the same wavelength. And it's like, we don't really have to communicate it as much as like, there's a shorthand. We do like in practice, we, we talk things through and and there's discussion, but it's like so much of it is we don't have to. And there's like, you know, I'm so lucky to do that. Uh, What I don't want to do is write music with my friends and play music and then record all of it and then mix all of it and then master all of it and then make fucking content and then get on social media and push the content out and book everything and like pay for everything with debt basically um debt or like kind of like a wily coyote running off a cliff and doing a pre-order and just hoping to god that you make enough before they charge your credit card (laughs) um it's just not worth it I mean, it's, it's worth it. <laughs> it's, but worth it. it's worth it, but it is such a drag. It's yeah, such a yeah, drag. Yeah. Like, well, it's certainly going to be worth it. You know, you're, you're taking a gamble on yourself, though, too, and your talents, and you're a very talented yeah. guy, and I think it's a well, safe gamble. Yeah. And I hope that you guys, you know, or at least break even on the vinyl investment piece of it. I know that was kind of daunting. I think, I think we'll do okay. So the way that that worked is, like, um, they, char- they charge you the deposit, which is, like, half, and then um we're doing like a forget what kind of master it's not we didn't master it for vinyl i didn't even mm-hmm. think about that i should have um but there's like some pressing plants will do there's like two different kinds where they take your master and then just adapt it or tweak it so that it won't fuck up a, <laughs> fuck yeah, up a record yeah. or the, it'll fit in the grooves and stuff um as long as it's not so loud or so bassy that it can't be done like they they can do that and that's Mm -hmm. what we did with our last record but once they send that back and we approve it and i think we get test pressings and then they charge us the other half uh, with pre-orders we were able to amass the deposit plus plus a huge chunk of the rest of it before they even charged my credit card so i was able to immediately pay that off and now we have like a huge amount towards whenever they charge us for the rest mm-hmm. of it. And, and the thing is like, you know, M- Michael and I decided like, if, if we have to make monthly payments on this for the remainder of it, we will, it sucks, especially with student loans starting up in a month. And, you know, Michael's got, you know, debt from home ownership for having to fix the shit that breaks. I've got, all kinds of debt. It's it's not a thing that we take willingly. I would love to not have to worry about this. And I know that the trade-off is like, uh, you know, f- in some cases, like you have to hand over your masters. You can't do certain things with it. I don't give a shit. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to pay for this stuff out of my own pocket yeah, right. anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't, predatory labels. Are you guys listening to yeah, Zach right on. now? Yeah. Fuck so, me up. Man's desperate. Yeah, He's fuck me up. <laughs> He's asking for it. And I don't want to, I, I, I imagine that some of this comes across as like complaining about 
this like thing that it I sucks that I'm this I'm awesome. blessed to do, but <laughs> it's it's but it's there are parts of it that kind of well, it's important kind of that people like realize that those are responsibilities if you're in a real pursuit of any band. What well, does if you're if you allow yourself to become like a closed loop? Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's not good. It's not you're good. Right. Uh, Take my mind.
Well, Emperor Somehow uh, yes. came out on July, July 21st. 21st. And uh, we've got eight tracks, 33 and a half minutes approximately. And uh, it is a quick listen. So, you know, I, thought it'd be <laughs> I know that whenever we were it's, initially sharing the singles, you know, I mean, that's that was three singles in advance of the al- album, mm-hmm. technically four. And so you got to hear almost half the album. But I, I still feel like there's some surprises for folks. Uh, yeah. I feel like Enemy Airship on the genre spectrum, you know, if I was to have to punch off like three genres that they fit into, uh, I don't think it'd be fair to speak of all of their music, but, you know, in the most basic fashion, I would consider them an indie rock band in some respects. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely post-punk influences and there's definitely shoegaze influences it's in their music. Indie pop too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Somebody, somebody uh, said it, it sounded like, I think it was meant to be derogatory, but they were like, uh, a lot of, a lot of these ideas were explored in the nineties. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. That is a fantastic comment. Yeah. <laughs> Taken and uh, we'll run with it. There, there are moments influences wise though, is kind of what I wanted you to reveal to the audience. That sure. is, um, you know, I, while I was listening to the album, I heard things like, especially in, in some places, fever tripping too, I could say a little REM in there uh, from time to time, maybe some of the chord stylings, progressions, choices. And I, I know that, you know, Radiohead's always been an influence of you specifically um, in some of your songwriting. Uh, and I'm not saying this sounds like that per se, but just kind of let's talk about some of the influences you would say sure. are behind the this newest album. I mean, I, I can't speak for Michael and Logan because uh, one of the big things on this record for me, especially like working on my all the extra shit that I add on to it was just like, I have got to get parts and performances out of myself that are worthy of like what Michael and Logan are doing. Because like some of those baselines are just insane. I know some of the drumming is like, I remember when we did it, like Logan and I would do just take after take after take after take. And like, he'd just be getting more and more pissed. (laughs) And like, I'm just like, I can hear him fuck fuck through the through the headphones i'm down in the basement he's upstairs like we had the house all wired up for it and it was like uh just some insane drumming uh and some like just truly inspired bass playing and so like i was just trying to get something that seemed worthy of that to where i didn't look like a schlub uh you <laughs> yeah. know next to my bandmates on there um so like i again like i can't i can't speak for where they were coming from I mean, I know that Michael uh, listens to a lot of things that are more uh, sort of like new wave and post-punk adjacent and and dancier for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not to say that I don't listen to those things, but that's definitely like his his home base, which makes for for very good bass lines. lines. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, they've got a pop to them. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I can see that for that question. And then there are some parts of like, the end of uh, I'm shaking off a dream sounds mm-hmm. like it could have come off like a like an animal collective record. It's Definitely. just like wild uh, sort of frenetic drumming. Um, but again, like you'd have to ask them like where the hell they were coming from with that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of curious, like kind of how you achieve some of the some of the sounds too. Because there, is there not layered things going on, or is that just like rims? Of the drums, yeah. specifically, yeah, and that that took the longest. It almost sounds like a like a clockenspiel or whatever you call them, fucking thing. No, that's it's almost got like a that's, rattle. Uh, I think it's rims of a tom, though. It's not rims of okay. the snare. He's doing, but yeah, 
that part was very Clean difficult to record too. and well we did it a lot uh. <laughs> it, was, it was like the most takes of any drum part on the record and we just did it over and over and over for hours uh, oh, so until we got it just right um but yeah so like on that uh fever trip in two i think my sort of north star for it was actually the song real emotional trash by uh steve malcolmus and the jakes okay. uh i think like around the time we first started working on that song that's i was like coming back to that album and listening to it a lot and uh yeah i don't think it ended up like that i think that there's probably yeah. like um like a pavement uh there's I was there's say, pavement in the dna of that, a lot of that, the stuff too that kind I of reminded me a little bit of like maybe a little uh sonic youth in a way sure. And definitely, I think your music always has had an element of like early built to spill uh, to it too. That makes sense. There's definitely moments on this album too. I feel like there's um, also like there's a trick that Beck does when he, you know, not just on his albums. Well, I I haven't listened to a new Beck album in a long time, uh, but the albums he produces, um, and in particular the one that he produced of Steve Malcolmus, is where he'll like overdub an acoustic guitar. Not a lot of the low end, just a lot of the finger squeaks and stuff, but yeah. it's like double tracked of the electric guitar. And I did that a lot on that song just because it gets this sort of like, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a hard vibe to describe, but the word that comes to mind is like, it's honky music. <laughs> uh, There's one thing about your guys' music that I've ever since like we, first hung out and listened to your guys music is it doesn't i can't ever pinpoint a band it's just its own yeah animal i think there's definitely moments you say oh, this sounds like this or that but yeah, yeah. overall no because i was like i was listening to emperor somehow and i was just like okay i still i still can't really there's like so much going on that it's it i can't really say oh it sounds like yeah radiohead or it sounds like built to spill or pavement it's just its own little it makes for trying to write a trip. write a band bio very difficult yeah or, or like to, to to talk about your band with anyone who hasn't heard it when they ask um, yeah. how it sounds and part of this i attribute to like um, no, i like that you don't ever really know what you look like mm-hmm. you know yeah. i think that the brain does um does this like self this pr- right. like protective thing when you look in a mirror and it just shows right. you something else right. um and you don't ever see yourself in the way that other people see you. And I right. think it would horrify you if you did. Right. In the same oh, way, yeah. like, I don't think you can ever really know what you sound like. Maybe that's, maybe that is my own lived experience, <laughs> but yeah. it's like, it's, it's hard for me to think of what, do we sound like a band that's just doesn't know what it sounds like? Or do, or is, does we sound like a band having an identity crisis or do we have like a unified, no, do we have a thing no. and we just kind of are, have like a varied sound. And I, I always wonder like if we do have a thing, if there's like a center that we orbit, what is that? Right. I have no, I think it's idea. more of a Voltron situation. Or like well, a... I don't mean like a person center. I mean like, <laughs> yeah. it, like, uh, is there, what is it? What is right, the, what does the enemy airship sound? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. And, uh, and like, this is a thing that we've in the band group thread, like, how do we talk about this? Like, how do we, cause it always comes up. It's like, we have to send, we, we want, we have to send this to radio stations. What do we say? <laughs> right. We're not like, 
we're an indie rock band, sure. Yeah. What the fuck does that even mean? Uh, yeah, there's so much that's slipped into that. We can't say it's shoegaze because it's not. We can't say mm-hmm. it's dream pop because it's really not. Yeah. yeah. We can't say, you know, w- what is it? I don't know. I think there's just little bits and elements of all of that that could bring a fan who likes shoegaze or likes dream pop or something like that or yeah. anything yeah. that could bring them in and then get little, get trapped in that little enemy airship sound. It was even similar with like Meyer Giants. And, well, I don't know what the fuck we sound yeah. like. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Loud? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if loud is the first word I would reach for. <laughs> Slap. No, I don't think that's true. I got to ask you, too. I know you guys are already getting some like attention outside of the obvious plays that you can see on counters and things like that. But uh, Columbia Tribune, I think you mentioned them earlier. Yeah. They um, did a nice write up for the new album. Yeah. Eric, uh, you know, he's written about the last few things we've released, and he's a, a an amazing writer and always very generous, but also um, just as someone who's like, I follow him on social media. I read the things that he talks about that he enjoys. And so like, I know he probably gets where we're, what we're going for Mm -hmm. and likes those things. And so like to have him write about us too, knowing that if anyone's going to get us, it's probably going to be him. And then he also knows how to talk about music and knows how to like pull these, like pick up on these references and discuss them in a way that doesn't make us sound like assholes is, is so nice. Uh, so yeah, I mean that, <laughs> I mean, I jokingly like thought I finished this record just so I could show it to, to Eric and <laughs> to say he liked it at all. Uh, it wasn't achievement. I so desperately needed that validation. <laughs> and maybe maybe he didn't. He was just being nice, but I don't know. Either way, made my year. And you also got some uh, play on the St. Louis Independent radio station, right? Yeah. Um, there's a show on KDHX called Hindsight, and, um, you know, it, they play just awesome, awesome shit yeah, mm, con- yeah. Con- really that the wednesday night block like juxtaposition is on and then hindsight is on and it's like yeah uh if you are li- like if you're in a position where you want to listen to music on wednesday like and you're in the st louis area tune in or just get on their their um website website stream, stream. Right? yeah uh i've found like so many awesome bands on both of those programs but especially hindsight and you know he'll dig back to the 80s or the 70s or he'll play like new stuff and and local stuff and so like it was also kind of um kind of like a a treat to have him play our songs on there so and then we i I think so he played uh the closer for the album which was a yeah an interesting Interesting choice choice. because i very heavy hitting songs (laughs) well just like the the sort of like quiet piano song at the end um i thought that it would kind of be treated as um i don't know like a skit on a on a no limit (laughs) rap album from the 90s like okay fine you know (laughs) this isn't the album this is just like a tag but um yeah but that he liked it enough to play it it's great and then i think he played uh, little cable boy this wednesday Oh, okay. I, That's awesome. I imagine that if you are on like a label, somebody has a Spintron account and they're monitoring who's playing right, what. Right. Instead, I just have Spintron bookmarked 
and they only give you the last 24 hours. So I just like check in the morning, see if anyone's played it, and I saw it on there. So nice. Yeah. You know, that last track um, kind of made me think of like a grouper track or something of that. I mean, I ilk, love grouper. Right? So. I love grouper yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. So, again, like just the various things that we've talked about, even on the album that, you know, have made us think of other bands or moments. Like it's quite the if you know any band that we've referenced now, it's quite the variety. And if you're into the variety, I think you will be into the new Enemy Airship album for sure. Cursing loudly in a bar in a dream. All oh, this dream, but I don't sleep anymore. I can't sleep anymore. 
Just because that, I don't know, there's something of the opening guitar line just does something. Absolutely, me. I agree. And I think, ah, uh, no, there's there's some good lines, good catchy lines in there too. There is. Um, I really like both uh, Michael and Logan's playing in that. Yeah, just the whole I think it's section great. is great. I'll Which I mean, too. the whole album, they're all knocking it out of the park on the whole album, but yeah, that would probably be mine. That's yeah, my, I think I told you my just something about it. two favorite tracks were Fever Trippin' 2 and Godspeed equals Lightspeed. Um, but, I mean, I love them all. It's like picking a favorite <laughs> kid. Yes, we all have a couple, right? Like, <laughs> so. uh, like I remember when, like, Zach, you, like, sent me, like, what, was it before it was mastered? Or you sent me, like, a little teaser of it. And I listened to it on my way way home from work. And was just it, oh yeah it was it was very very nice pleasing like it was I don't know it completely like I was in a bad mood and it I didn't care anymore it was yeah. just very peaceful and then I had to go to the grocery store on the way back and it, or on the way like home mm. and stopped into Schnooks and the last track came on and I was just sitting there just very <laughs> sad listening to the yeah. last track of that yeah. but it was so Ooh. beautiful everything. You, 
the amount of clarity in every single part with, yeah. and there's a lot of layering on there, isn't there? It was there's so, so it was much. so hard to get. It was so hard to get clarity of parts. Uh, it's perfect though. It to is. me, like I well, I don't know. I the thing is, like, I have no idea what I'm doing with any of that shit. I'm yeah. just like trying to figure it out as I go. I do have at this point, um, and I started like writing things down. Like, <laughs> this works whenever they, whenever this you can you can try this and get. Uh, get this to happen but as far as like the way that i end up like adding layers to things and i start thinking about like oh well this needs the counter melody and this needs counterpoint and like this it needs this to move the song forward or to to every bar has to make you want to get to the next bar um something has to be changing but not in a way that feels arbitrary like in a way that um i don't know it's like it, it feels like cooking a little bit like right like not cooking from a recipe but like but like right. kind of freestyling kind of discovering your own shit right uh, so um but, but i kind of don't super know what i'm doing in some of for some of these things and sort of like get all of those layers to come out when they need to and be balanced um, in a way that makes sense uh, was very difficult for me. Um, <laughs> for, for my stupid ass, it was very difficult. And I'm glad that it seems that, that you did I did a good did job. No okay job. So yeah, for sure. Was... I mean, I, I think I commented on this whenever you sent me the very first single before you guys published it, Magnetic Light. And I was just like, I even like as good a compression sound recording quality you got on the drums. I'm like, is he playing e drums? No. And you're like, you're like immediately. You're like, no. That's that's. No. Uh, and I was that like, is Logan pissed beyond <laughs> beyond his like, way, dude? <laughs> like, that's one thing I personally most drummer you know right right away. Uh, I was like, God damn, man, you really got that that drum sound locked in now. Yeah. You know, I just that that stood out to me immediately. Some of the drum sound too is. Um, and I don't know if this is like a, a stupid thing to do or if it's like a hack trick, but uh, just getting dialing in saturation on different parts of the drum set, but then like using a, a variable mu compressor on the drums really hard. Uh, so, so like turn the mix to 100, hit it hard to where you're, you're kind of like driving it a little bit and you're mm -hmm. getting splatty things it's maybe lobbing off your transients uh and take it back to zero use good metering to make sure that your levels are the same between 100 and zero and then dial in the amount and so it's like it's parallel compression um andrew sheps calls it a, like a rear channel if you're bussing it that way but like uh, a big part of the drum sound on that record is is um parallel variable uh, mu compression with like really nasty levels uh you know <laughs> dialed into taste and then also like um i don't have i don't have good uh you know preamps or, or consoles or anything so i'm using console sims and so like um i'm using like a neve but like a decent uh neve console emulator on all the tracks and i'm like dialing in just the right amount of like 
gain and then making sure that the gain is, is matched. So I'm not tricking myself into thinking mm -hmm. it sounds better because it's louder. And so much of the process of, 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 um, of like mixing was this, this like sort of fake analog dip step that I did where I would run it through the console sim, each track to where it's like perceptibly better. And I just like strobe, turn it on and off. And then to where I don't know what's going on. And then I would pick the one that I like the best. And sometimes it's on and sometimes it's off. And then I would put tape on it and I would get sort of within this range on the meters that I liked, but I'm always, I'm always hitting like negative 12 DBU and I'm, and then I'm like making sure hundred and zero are matched. And then I'm getting like, it was excruciating. Mm -hmm. The process is excruciating yeah, because there are a lot of tracks, yeah. but it adds this glue. Right. The alternative here is to just record these things on real analog gear and then it's cooked in there, but then you don't have the granular control and maybe you're, you don't have access to these consoles, especially if you're using different console sims for different songs or different parts of the songs, because like I used an API sim for the drums on I'm shaking off a dream because I like the way that there's like a certain sound to. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm like getting in the weeds with some of the, and, but the thing is like, I don't know if this is ridiculous or like if there's somebody who knows what they're doing, who might be listening to this and think like, that's really stupid. But the sound that I got out of it, like I liked and I, it wasn't just being tricked by a volume because I was, I was being like kind of a maniac about making sure that like meter metering wise, like, uh, you know, peaks and, and, um, and luffs, they're looking the same mm -hmm. um, and just dialing in the saturation. But yeah, like long way around saying like the drum sound is, is it's all in, is, is all in like tasteful saturation and then just like, uh, parallel variable um, new compression on the drums on the bus the drum bus uh, other things production wise that stood out to me with this album versus you know your prior recordings things like that too I think you've leveled up vocally too in a big way on this album thank you um, a lot more intricate um, you know harmony work in places I would say you're really pushing yourself and challenging yourself uh, outside of just you know the technique uh, of your singing that the quality of, you know, again, you're recording, your singing. anything new gear wise that would contribute to that or what you've learned over time in recording vocals. Um, it's a weird thing because my voice is something that, um, I think it's, it's, more so than my playing or my writing is probably the most identifiable part of, of me as a musician. Um, it's something that I have like a weird relationship with because I've lost a lot of my range um, since I was like, even in the last 10 years, you know, falsetto is hard for me to do now. Um, it gives me anxiety to think about how my voice has changed just as I get older, but I do feel like even though I have lost some of the upper range, um, I haven't lost enough of it to where it's like a problem. Like I still have a pretty decent range. Mm -hmm. I just can't, I'm just losing some of it and it scares mm -hmm. me and it makes me uncomfortable. And so like, it gives you a little bit of a <laughs> insight how I'm talking about it into how like weird and neurotic I am about recording it 
Mm. Because it feels so, it's like so sensitive of a thing for me. And it gives me a lot of anxiety thinking, <laughs> thinking about, like I would psych myself out, like I'm going to record vocals to this song tonight. And then I would be like, your voice isn't ready. You know, you need to warm up for a long time. You need to sit with the, with the um, steam on your face. You need to use the straw, like the sing, like the, um, the soft straw, you know, from the yeah. It's like, um, it creates back pressure. You like sing through a straw for a while and it, it it's a good way to warm up. Mm -hmm. But, um, and then I would just think like, I can't get into the right emotional space to do this, to deliver it. Because also a big part of why this album sounds better, it, it, like vocal delivery than previous ones is, uh, there's a little bit more, I made an attempt anyway, to be more vulnerable with my delivery of the vocals, mm -hmm. um, which involves me like having to sit there and really think about what I'm saying and put myself in often like painful situations, emotional states yeah. to where yeah. like I'm about to cry and I'm really upset and I'm like emotionally worked up. And now I have to like technically nail this part. And it was, uh, it's why I don't think I could cohabitate because I'm recording this unless I have had like a studio or a separate building to do this in because like, it would be humiliating for someone to see me in the state that I had to put myself in to record <laughs> the vocals for some, some of the songs are just like, whatever, um, you know, like a breezy song, like new Tanuki suit was a little bit easier than some of the parts of like the end of fever trip in two was hard mm. to do. There are parts where like, I don't, I'm not a good screamer. I don't, I never figured out how to do that without sounding like, uh, like somebody who's like in the throes of puberty. So like <laughs> when I am screaming, yeah. it's like I, I have to figure out how to do that before I do it. I have to relearn <laughs> that. And then I also have to have the emotion behind it. And like getting into that space is like exhausting. Definitely. I don't know. I just think about like trying to do that in a studio with like somebody else present. And maybe some people are better about compartmentalizing that stuff than I am. I imagine probably most people are, are better <laughs> at regulating and, and handling and their emotions than me, but, uh, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, there, there was like a, a significant amount of effort put into like being emotionally uh, open and vulnerable yeah. enough yeah. with the, with the song so that I can deliver. And then also like, I'm trying to do things to take better care of my voice. I haven't smoked in years. Um, uh, I, I do the, the um, semi-occluded vocal track straw, like singing to work with my voice every day. I try to do, um, you know, skips and, and stuff like the kind of, the kind of warmups that I would do when I was in choir, um, you know, eons ago, I, you know, that it's like practicing anything else. And like, so I, I've, yeah. I've been more careful to take care of my voice in that way. And so I think like technically, um like technique wise like I, I i probably am at a better point right now to do that than i have been in the past sure. i also do have like a, a townsend labs sphere microphone although i guess uad bought them out um and so it's like a modeling microphone yeah and so you it's got um it can record in stereo and it can uh, or it can record 
and mono and the back one, like the back capsule of it, um, emulates off-axis response. So you, you load up, sorry, so it goes into two channels. You create a stereo track in your DAW, you load a plugin onto that channel that emulates microphones that you would never be able to afford. A, because they're maybe not made or they're <laughs> yeah. like $40,000. Yeah. Like some yeah. things that are way out of my reach ever. And whether or not they sound exactly like that, you know, I can't say because I've never used most of these microphones. I've seen shootouts on like YouTube where they're like, can you tell the difference between these microphones and the Townsend Sphere? And a lot of times it's like, if there's a difference, it's so subtle that I, I don't know if we even have a preference. Um, but yeah. in, in any case, it sounds better than the Rode NTK that I used um, previously for, I think, Fever or for False Economy. And then on the album before this, I was using like an AT2020, which is like a hundred dollar, you know, condenser mic that. I mean, they're they're a, a fine workhorse. I'm not trying to shit on those mics, but like the jumping quality from like a an AT2020 yeah. condenser mic to a Sphere or even the Rode, which is like a tube microphone, like a nice tube microphone, um, is a big difference. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's it's a bunch of factors, I guess. It's on. 
Kind of grazed across it earlier but michael's bass playing too like the song song like that his walking bass line it just it sticks in my brain like yeah. i can't every time i think about his bass playing on that album that's like the first example that always jumps to the forefront of my mind for yeah. me it's the beginning of uh i'm shaking off a dream the funny thing is yeah. <laughs> the funny thing about that song is like we we shelved it um so we'd shelved that song and we had like stripped it for parts and written this other song that uh we like there's a version of it that's like done or or done <laughs> um and we we're ju i just like it just is stupid like it's just i think it's a pointless song like the one that it became there are parts of it that i think are really cool but as a song it's just like this is this is like this is the fat that i would cut um from this album and then i i think we were like listening back like around the time that we made the decision to not go forward with that song, I was playing back. I am shaking off a dream. Someone's revving their ass. I was playing that back <laughs> at a practice that we were having at my current house. Whenever we, we had to practice there a few times before Michael moved here and we set up in his basement and we were playing that back. And it was like, we were all just like, what the fuck? This baseline is so good. Like let's, let's revisit this song. Like, let's, you know, yeah. Like this, <laughs> this one is good. And I'm glad we did because like, for me, it's hard to pick a favorite, but that one to me feels like there's a lot of like things that are way outside of our wheelhouse that we did on it. And mm -hmm. they like somehow landed, um, or I think that they landed. And so, yeah, for me, like that, that baseline in that, that song is, so good and so funky that it made me play like muted bass and use a wah pedal for the first time <laughs> as a musician. Uh, there's like that sort of like muted DI yeah. you know, sort of, um, which that was also like sort of a nod to the Kaput album by Destroyer, some of the intro part of it. And then like Flaming Lips. Uh, yeah. And, and Dark Side of the Moon yeah. is like a big touchstone. How how moments in that song bloom, I can definitely see the Flaming Lips side of it, now that you mention that, for sure. Well, there there's a song, too, that I was thinking of for certain parts of the song and transitions. I had it in my head, like, yeah, this is kind of like a nod to this song that I hadn't listened to in years. And I went back and listened to it, and I was just like, this doesn't... This isn't the song I remember. Yeah. And then I can't find the song, and I'm like, I... <laughs> I don't know where this came from. There is a yeah. Flaming Lips song out there that sounds like this thing in my head, but now the 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 harder that I try to find it, the more that it's just fading. And I think maybe I imagined it. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> so on with the bass tone was Michael using the short scale? No. Oh, he wasn't. Well, yeah, yeah. He was using okay. the short, not the Mustang that he uses now, though. That was oh, okay. he was using the Rumble Cat. Which is like, I don't think it's hollow. Hmm. Maybe I know that there's a version. It's like, it's like the more expensive version of that bass is, it's like semi hollow. But it, yeah. like that bass has more of sort of the, 
um, Epiphone like violin style, like thumpy Mm -hmm. sound. And then I ran it through this, um, this emulator of like a, a, a REDDI tube DI, which you'll see them in like really nice studios. They're this gigantic red brick DI. It's a tube DI. And if you drive the gain, you get this really nice saturation. And when I say saturation, I almost never mean like overt distortion, like not, or, or even like drivey sounds, although there is some of that on like some parts of vocals. Um, but I, I mean, like there, it just comes alive. It, it has the, um, it adds a squeeze to it. Um, it adds, you know, harmonics that aren't there. And so like, I played around with that on a lot of, of his bass parts to get that sound. And then, and then I also analog dipped them, fake analog dipped them in the same way that I did everything. Um, and that it worked out really nice. Like I, I don't love the sound of that rumble cat bass. I, I like his Mustang now much better. And I love, yeah. I don't know if you've heard us since uh, Mike got the, the V4B, the Ampeg V4B. I think the last time I seen you guys, he had gotten it. Yeah. It's that thing yeah. is incredible. It, it's like a six L six, um, bass tube amp. Um, and that thing sounds very, very nice. Uh, the equipment we had then when that was tracked, uh, wasn't awesome. I think that there's a lot for for where the things sound now. There was a lot of doctoring that went into them to get them sounding that way. You know, just trial and error with with compression and EQ and and saturation and stuff, and just trying to figure out how to get from where it is to what I want it to sound like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think. I think ultimately with like anything with production, you can, you can always get there with whatever you have. It's just a longer, longer way to get there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you're using shit equipment, like (laughs) I have always used uh, (laughs) less. So now, like I've gotten decent equipment. Um, We all have. So um, yeah, your guitar whole rig is crazy to me i wouldn't record with it though um, yeah well that would yeah to be to, to, be, to be real honest like uh a lot of the guitar stuff is like just through neural amp sims. fantastic then yeah i like, mean you wouldn't know amp sims are have went i would, oh, I would say probably in a i would say yeah. you would be stunned at how much of the music that you listen to is actually probably recorded with an amp sim. Uh, I would say probably what, like 75 or 80% now. I would, I would, in the majority. I would also bet that, um, you know, you go into a studio and, uh, like an engineer will have you run into a splitter and then record your direct out or something, you know, maybe without your knowledge, (laughs) record your amp sound and blend it with like a, an amp sim or just like, omit your actual amp sound and it's just easier to change things on a good performance mm-hmm. you can also get a reamp box which i i have a, a nice um a nice reamp box so like i could track it with an amp and then decide i don't like that and then run it out through the reamp box 
back into the amp, you know, change it from balanced to unbalanced and, and change like all that shit, the impedance and just retrack it on a different amp. I think there are a couple that I did that with, and there, there was an amp that I borrowed for a while. Um, it was a Vibro Lux and I did reamp with a Vibro Lux for something. I forget what that amp sounded so good. Um, a, a coworker at the time, let me borrow it. And, um, one of the nicest sounding amps I've ever played on. Nice. It's Fender. I'm, I'm a Vox Vibro. man. Me too. You know, I, I, like that's, <laughs> It's it's something that uh, has like kind of fucked me up with other amps because like the the way that um, the way that a Vox's preamp has like this kind of headroom and the the power amp has this kind of headroom, uh, it doesn't work the same as almost any other amp. Yeah, uh, it's like very weird and backwards. And if you try to like run, um, if you have something that can like uh, send a preamp out into your power amp of a Vox, it's not going to work because like it's expecting, <laughs> yeah. it's expecting this kind of signal and it's just like Vox playing a Vox and, and loving a Vox and bonding with it um, has like given me brain worms to where it's very difficult for me to even consider anything else. Right. Yeah. To, to work with like a Fender amp. Um, yeah. I, I love the sound of them. Mm -hmm. I love to hear it. I love when other people play on them, but I just can't, I can't get with it. But that, Vibrolux is a different story entirely. I don't know what it was about it. Uh, what's something big with this album that you would say that you learned versus your previous experiences? But I mean, what is like one big takeaway? Would you say there's outside of the stress everything really of uh, <laughs> all the responsibilities that you have <laughs> and how you would do that part differently? I don't know if I could really pick one thing. So, so much about it was a learning experience. Um, I think too. You know, so this we we worked on this album for a long time, and it, during that time, I like quit drinking. I've had substance abuse issues for most of my adult life, and and so like cutting that out and having sort of this clarity and not constantly starting over every day, um, like healing my brain. Um, you know allowed me to actually learn things and retain those things and and approach things from a with a clear head and so i actually think this is maybe one of the first times in my life working on a record that i have actually learned and retained anything at all yeah i'm not i'm not saying i was like you know, in the gutter or anything, but I, I just like, you're just in a mental state that you were more receptive. There were years where I'm just like, yeah, I, I record my, my band and my friends bands, but really like, you know, what do I really take seriously? I'm, I'm just kind of like self-medicating constantly. And, and like, it's hard for me to keep, keep a, a firm grasp on anything really um, the way that it's gotten. And uh, so, so to not be dealing with that and to, to actually be like, you know, I, 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 I'll occasionally, you know, use like weed stuff. I'm not a hundred percent clear headed, but to be more clear headed and yeah. not, not just habitually uh, drinking um, has made it to where I actually can learn things. So yeah. <laughs> it, it's hard for me to pin anything down. And I think it's also why I was able to complete this at all because um, 
you know, I wasn't starting from ground zero in every song. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I think that my drinking was pretty bad, but I don't think it was like, I think it was probably pretty normal in the Midwest, uh, especially from where we're from. Yeah. Um, so like, For any period of time. <laughs> I, I think probably like there's, there's this annoying way that sober people talk about their drinking that I'm sure that I do where they like kind of blow it out of proportion or like overstate um, its effects on certain things. Uh, but I would say like one thing that it's hard to overstate is, is uh, just the effect, like this cumulative effect on, on your ability to, to like learn really yeah. to, it, to um, build any kind of like neuronic connections with any kind of consistency that don't just get obliterated. Alcohol um, kills brain cells. Folks. Yeah. So who would have thought, <laughs> who would have thought they never told me except Thousands and thousands of times and from the class, moment that you when know, I was too busy yeah. shoving marbles up my nose, had to learn, <laughs> had to learn it the hard way. <laughs> uh, so, before we get out of here, let's talk about. Do you guys got any shows planned coming up? When can people? When can the good people hear these new songs on stage yes. from you guys? Yeah, um, we have a show on the twenty fourth at Central Stage in St. Louis. We have a show on the 29th at Heavy Anchor. There may be something else I'm forgetting. Um, Michael and I are playing uh, in a band with our friend Louisa and our friend Chan. I think that's... Uh, August 19th? Yes. I think. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I put it in my calendar. It's, so it's sometime, in the, <laughs> sometime in the Ides of... Uh, not August, it's September. Is it September? Okay. You're thinking of Prize Wolf. So Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're playing with uh Louisa next month, sometime in the middle of the month, and I don't recall which date, but if you go to um I think it's like at Louisa Sims Music, uh I think that there's there's maybe a flyer or, or a post about it. Um she probably has it on her on her music Facebook. And then um Prize Wolf is a band that Logan and I played in, I think the last show was like maybe 2010. So it's been a really long time. We haven't, we haven't played as a band um, in over a decade, but we're playing, (laughs) we're playing a show uh, next, next week. No, two weeks from today. So, so that's a very scary. (laughs) It'll be fine. You're going to do great. um, Me and Brandon and, and me and Logan have gotten together. So Michael, the, the other guy in the band, Michael Kane, uh, he's in Chicago or, or in he's Chicago really land. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's in his eighties, isn't he? No. Batman. He's, he's, he's up in Alfred Chicago Penn. land, so he can't practice with us regularly. Um, but Brandon and, and Logan and I have gotten together a couple of times and it's weird how, uh, that stuff comes back to you. It was really easy to pick some of those songs back up. So we're playing our first show in forever in two weeks. And then in November, our, our record, like the physical copies come in uh, end of October. If if the press is to be believed, I know that like um, there's always delays. I, I think realistically, probably it'll be sometime in November. But in November, we're trying to tour. Um, so we're going to start talking about uh booking um next week i think 
That's awesome. Hell yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Can't wait for that. Well, folks, you guys have heard it here today, and you guys are going to be hearing on the on-demand versions of the show uh, some of these tracks that we've spoken about. We're going to try and interlace them throughout the discussion and do these boys right, yes. get you exposed to their music. I know you guys have heard some singles of theirs in the past uh, on our program, but this new record's got a lot of new material, stuff that you guys haven't heard, or if you haven't heard yet, I should say. Let's go check it out. Uh, going to have links to the band camp as well. So you guys can go and uh, purchase an album, or you guys have T-shirts up there also. Yeah, uh, it's actually yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. One. better model. Right Vanna here. White, right here. Here we go. Yeah, there you go. Wait, what do you think get, about that? Get one, huh? get one. Well, Pop on and that. get it today. It's Bandcamp Friday, so yeah. yeah. I was pluck, pluck on them heartstrings. <laughs> I was told Jesus to Christ. put it up on Bandcamp. Uh, I just had. I've just been like selling them in person and at shows, but Michael had me get them up on Bandcamp today. So yeah, you can order one, um, and he he promised to deal with the shipping because I'm too <laughs> stupid to figure out how to, how to use the <laughs> mail. How does that work? Right? And so with the with the new record, have you guys? Are you? Do you have a cap on it? Like a quantity? Uh, on physical copies, how many? Like how many? Like, yeah, like, like how many? Inventory. How many? How many are there? Are there going to be available? I think a hundred. Hundred. <laughs> it's a very limited edition. Uh, that's awesome. I think it's one hundred or two hundred. It's some. Yeah. It's some number that's very low, and uh, as far as like cost per unit is was just a. A really bad decision on our part, but it, I, like I mentioned earlier, you know, you either you pay this amount and it's it's a higher cost per unit, or you pay this amount and mm -hmm. it's a much lower cost. And we kind of had a cap on what we could even like what we Feasibly. could risk yeah. because it's it, it, it's it's not it's not like we have this much money. It's like we can risk. <laughs> Right. We can we we think we'll probably get this amount of pre-sales realistically, and and if we fall short of that, we can risk having this amount of debt for the amount of time it'll take to pay it off before we get absolutely fucked on interest. So, and yeah. then yeah, you know, it's an amount of money that is not astronomical, but it's it's more money than any of us have. So we 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 played it safe and took a bad deal <laughs> <laughs> i think it's gonna sell well yeah and then you also have test presses available yeah. online too which yeah. i i already pre-ordered the regular version but i want to i want a bigfoot drawing from Logan. Okay. so well so, yeah you so, might you might see one when i get back to work so the, the <laughs> if, if you really want to help us out um you know like i said we we're doing this with our own money or our own i guess debt um <laughs> uh pre-order the record if you can um whatever you can contribute on top of that is absolutely appreciated but we also have like a you know if you want a test pressing and also logan will draw you um logan is a, a wonderful artist and yes. his yeah. drawings are insane i was showing them a flyer that logan made for <laughs> one of these shows and it's crazy uh how good it is but yes. he he loves logan is a bigfoot truther 
and uh, get out there and knocking. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> he taught me the call one time, but I can't remember. It. We we went. We were on a float trip recently, and Logan was talking about, or I think he was like hitting the trees, <laughs> or he was talking about hitting the trees, or how like a family member had seen a Bigfoot recently. I don't remember exactly what the story was, but he, <laughs> anyway, he's definitely a Bigfoot truther and he will uh, lovingly draw you a uh, Bigfoot and I'll write you a handwritten thank you note um, if you want that. Does Logan yes. take requests? Like, what if I want a cartoon of that Lizzo lady making her backup dancers eat them bananas? He could. He could probably. <laughs> he could probably make whatever happen. Uh, it's still going to be Bigfoot in it. Like, <laughs> sure. But what? And I, I mentioned on on Bandcamp that uh, if you want Bigfoot the truck, he could probably do that too. Ooh. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That'd be a nice little spin. Well, folks, we're going to have everything linked up in the on-demand versions of the episode. We'd like to thank Zach for his time today, and it was a pleasure talking about Emperor Somehow out now. Get a shirt, pre-order a vinyl, buy it digitally.
ATI Podcast. For show updates and news about the podcast, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ATI Podcast 22, on Twitter at podcast underscore ATI, on Instagram at the ATI Podcast, on TikTok at ATI Podcast. DMs are always welcome. Have a question for the show? You can always email us at ATI Podcast Questions at gmail.com. Stay safe out there. This is Barrett from the ATI Podcast. Each week, Josh and I discuss current events, pop culture, music, TV, movies, politics, sports. Nothing is out of bounds. You can also tune in to learn about rising artists, small businesses, whether it's music, graphic design, filmmaking, or even a brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop shop. We'll be spotlighting folks and their endeavors. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Anchor, or anywhere you enjoy your podcast. Just search ATI Podcast. We would like to thank you for your continued support. And as always, please stay safe out there.